You are now tuned into the Boxing Bros. I'm Caden, and you may notice that TBE is missing. He's taking the day off again. And here are my co-hosts. <laughs> everybody else, the commissioner, a.k.a. Trill Dollar Bill. And this is Chef Boy RG, but I was wrong. I'm starting that off. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. Sometimes a chef messes up. You know what I mean? Sometimes. <laughs> Most times. <laughs> but before we dive in, I want everyone to please say congratulations in the comment section to my nephew, Zombie Ray, who is officially a United States Marine after graduating. Salute, nephew. Oh, I'm a little nervous now, but I'm still salute that. I'm nervous, but I'll salute. <laughs> salute, man. The grind it, it, it took and, and, and the hard work. I'm so proud of him, man. And it was just beautiful seeing that. So salute to my nephew. Give him a congratulations. And salute to Papa Trill for raising a soldier, literally. <laughs> I'm super proud, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm beyond proud, man. I'm beyond, I'm beyond happy, man. I'm, I'm still... Yo, Trill, yo, don't forget, you might want to get one of them uh, Marine uh, stickers and put it on your car. <laughs> tickets with that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like, I don't like I, I, I I don't know. Know. Hey, hey, give me one of those. Give All right. Of them stickers. <laughs> <laughs> the first topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is our reaction to Dillian White versus Jermaine Franklin, which turned out to be a controversial decision, and I'm turning it over to Kaspera G. What was your reaction to the fight? All right, well, first I'll start off by saying I'd like to apologize to my man, Jermaine Franklin. I know last week I was, you know, pretty much talking. You, know, <laughs> you, were, you were shipped in food, you know, you were sold food, you know, going in there, and I was wrong. You know, you actually, you rose to the occasion. You know, um, well, first I'll say this. Um, I wasn't necessarily impressed by Dillian White, but because it seemed like Dillian White and his trainer was trying to figure it out as they were going, I'm going to kind of give Dillian a little pass. So I'm going to highlight a couple of things that I did like from Dillian. I actually like the, the, um, like the Joe Frazier George Foreman defense that he was doing. I think that's good for his type of chin because it prevents uppercuts. So I think he should utilize that moving forward in his arsenal, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's about it on the Dillian front. Oh, hold on, I'm lying. And I liked his uh, his body work, you know what I mean, like the hooks to the body. I thought he did all right, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, this is what Dillian is known for, so it's not like something new, you know what I mean? But – I like how he utilizes it all throughout the fight. So, uh, you know, that was two pluses for, for Dillian. But when it came to Jermaine, though, I like the fact that Jermaine was, for one, wasn't even intimidated at the fact that he was in the UK and the fact that, you know, Dillian White is a bigger name and this is his first 12-round fight. It seemed like none of that phased him. You know what I mean? He and he was faster than I expected. Like, I kid you not. You could look at like Jermaine's like old fights, you know, on YouTube. He's slow, he's sluggish. And you're like, oh man, I don't know, man. Like, he's gonna get violated by Dillian. 
But this dude seemed like whatever he did in training camp, man, he became a new man. You know, he had a fast jab, fast hooks. He had good weaving. You know, his his like his uh his uh his feet placement was great. Anytime like Dillian would try to circle around him, he always stayed like he always pivoted with Dillian. You know, and he has a solid chin. He took a couple of like real shots from Dillian, and he ate those like Scooby snacks. You know what I'm saying? And and also to to Dillian's defense too, Dillian took some some pretty hard shots as well, and he also ate those. So I'm gonna say the fight seemed like really close. It was like neck and neck when I first watched it, because I watched it twice. The first time I watched it, I was like, I'm not even gonna score this because I know Dillian's gonna knock him out. But as I'm watching, I'm like, yo, what's going on here? Like, why is it so close? You know, and I'm just like, oh, man. And I, I ended up by, like, I think it was, like, maybe round four. I started rooting for Franklin. I was like, oh, shoot, this dude really in there, you know? So then I was like, all right, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. Before we record, I'm going to watch it again. I'm actually scoring. So this is my scorecard. I already told the fellas, so they they they, 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 they kind of mad, but who cares? You know what I'm saying? So I actually scored it 115 to 114. For Dillian White. Now, the only round I gave a 10-10, unlike my man um, David Hay, who had like three 10-10 rounds, I did give round 10 a 10-10 because it was like so close. Because I'm like, like, how do you measure which one really got the best of the other person? But everything else to me was clear as day. You know, like Jermaine, in the first round, he dominated Dillian. So there's no way it was going to be a 10-10 round. I think David Hay, you know, who was uh, comment, uh, commentating at, uh, the fight, I think what he was doing was just showing love to the UK hometown. He didn't want to violate Dillian, which I, I could understand. That. It's a sucker move, but I could respect it, you know. But I felt like um, – so I gave Jermaine round one, four, five, six, uh, nine. So I gave him all those rounds, and I gave uh, round 10 a 10-10 round. And I gave all the other rounds to Dillian. So it was, like, really, really close. And for me, on my card, it actually came down to the 12th round. The 12th round was what decided who was the, the victor. And the 12th round clearly was Dillian White. You know what I mean? So salute to both gentlemen. Franklin, man, I'm actually proud of you. You know, um, hopefully you, you won over some U.K. fans. You know, continue working. I don't think you should be ashamed of that performance. Just keep going, you know. And um, I would never – well – depending on who you fight. But usually, normally, I will not defame your name. My man. <laughs> Dollar Bill. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to keep it 100 with you guys. I end up uh, watching the fight on my phone. I was at the, uh, the Shaking Crab. And I had, yeah, yeah, I had got the boil with the Cajun sauce, you know what I'm saying? So I had got, uh, they had a lobster tail in there, had some shrimp in there, and had some uh, some crab legs in there, had the corn with the potatoes and all that. So I couldn't score the fight properly because my hands was all messed up, you know what I'm saying? So I can only do the eye test, and I'm watching the fight off my phone, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching the fight, and I'm like, this boy Jermaine is doing his thing. I was impressed. I was impressed. Um, it seemed like uh, Dillian White is not the Dillian White of old. And it seems like he, he's fading, you know? I, when, I, I, when this fight was made, I was like, this is probably, you know, uh, a showcase for Dillian and maybe get him in there with a bigger fight. 
you know, one last big payday, you know. Uh, but it was, it wasn't a good look. It was really wasn't a good look. Maybe it was the guy Franklin was really that good, you know, or is it is Dillian White fading? You know, it mm-hmm. left a lot of questions for me. And, you know, he wanted to get up out of there. The fight wasn't even announced. He was trying to get up out the ring, <laughs> you know. Um, I was, I got to honestly say, I was more impressed with Franklin. Um, I didn't score the, the, the fight because, like I said, my hands was all messed up. I had that Cajun sauce on there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but Dillian shouldn't be proud with this. <laughs> if anything, they should probably run it back and do it again. But shout out to the young man, Franklin. Um, he didn't come to, to lay down. So shout out to the young man and uh, Dillian White. Back to the drawing board. This is, I don't know. I'm going to follow the bouncing ball because I want to get live on the next. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there were a number of things. One, um, at some point I texted a group and I said, yo, I'm seriously thinking about changing my pick because Dillian's doing some scary stuff. And one of the things I was referring to is – Well, at the press conference, he got into it with Jermaine Franklin's promoter. And Jermaine Franklin's just standing there, like, relaxed and calm. Then there was their um, face-to-face. And Dillian's like, oh, you're not from the hood, bruv. And I don't care if you're from the hood, this assassin. And you Americans. Riding Hood, bruv. Yeah, Little Red Riding Hood, bruv. And you Americans come over here. And Jermaine Franklin's like, what are you talking about? I haven't said nothing. And it's like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Jermaine's been like one of the most relaxed, calm dudes I've seen in the lead up to a fight. It's like everything he did to rattle Jermaine didn't work. And so you got from that press conference where, you know, he got into it with Jermaine Franklin's uh, promoter. Then you saw... Uh, the face-to-face where he's trying to get under Jermaine Franklin's skin. But then the last straw to me was when they went to pick the gloves. Dillian White's team was like, oh, these gloves were already worn. These gloves are already worn. And they're like, what are you talking about? The guy says to um, from the British Boxing Control, he said, where did these gloves come from? He said, the manufacturer. So the manufacturer shipped them here to us. When they came from the manufacturer, were they sealed? Yes. The board of British Boxing Control said, then they get to use the gloves. Dillian and his team are arguing, saying he has to wear, he got to wear our gloves. So they're trying to get Jermaine Franklin to switch the gloves. And Jermaine Franklin, you can pull this video up, is so calm. And he's like, let me try on his gloves. Jermaine Franklin tries on the gloves. He's like, they feel, they feel similar to my gloves. Like, why do I got to wear his gloves? Like, he's like, they feel similar, but I, I still like my gloves. So they're like, okay, Jermaine Franklin, you get to wear your gloves. So Jermaine Franklin wears his gloves. And I'm thinking, Dillian, Mike. Why are you pulling these tactics for a dude who's supposed to be food, bro? bro? You understand? Like, this guy's supposed to be your showcase fight, your comeback statement, and you worrying about his gloves, you doing all this. Like, who are you trying to convince, Jermaine Franklin or yourself? Because, see, at some point, I know there's, like, one of those videos of, like, this guy just, just wolfing. And at first, the dudes were like, all right, we don't want no smoke with him. But he continued to wolf, and that's when he got knocked out. Because sometimes you wolf so much, people realize, ah, oh, he's scared. 
this is his defense mechanism because he's scared. He don't really want it to go down. And it started to feel that way with Dillian. I'm just like, bro, okay. You tried, let's say hypothetically, you tried to rattle him with the glove situation. It didn't work. It's cool. But they were still going. So then the fight comes. And I, I, I'll say this. I scored a fight 115-113. So I thought it was a close fight. I scored a 115-113 for Jermaine Franklin. I thought Jermaine Franklin won. I I don't, you know, 10-10 rounds to me are like the rarest of occasions. The only time I give a 10-10 round is when I feel like neither fighter deserves to lose this fight on a decision based on this round. So like a round was so close and both fighters put in so much effort. I say neither one of these guys deserve to lose this fight because of this round. That's when I give a 10-10. I personally didn't see any of those rounds. Um, I thought, to me, there was a definitive winner. Now, Dillian White did good when he was old Dillian, when he was maximum violence, Dillian, right? When he was maximum violence, he he would go in there. He did good with Jermaine. He hurt Jermaine. He landed punches. But then there was other things. That whole cross guard thing. It may have worked with Jermaine, but I'm telling you right now, it's not going to work with Wilder and other people. But we're going, we're going, we're going to get into that. That cross guard thing, that's that's that brings me to another episode where I said I don't know why people hire Buddy McGurk. Every time I see Buddy McGurk in the corner, I root for the other fighter. And I and when I saw that uh, Dillian had Buddy McGurk going in against Jermaine Franklin, I was like, "Cuz he's telling Dillian." Forget all the other stuff. Get on your stick. Use the jab. Dillian's not known as a jabber. When have you seen Dillian White control a fight with a beautiful jab in his box and never in your life? Yeah. I ain't even going to hold you. When I seen Buddy McGirt in, in the corner, I was like, yo, I know bro is having a field day right now. <laughs> 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 I know, I know, I know, bro. Is having a field day right now. Yeah, I can't have y'all do this to my man, buddy. Nah, I wanted to be there, yo. Oh, I, I wish I was watching the fight with you, bro, because I know you was going off when you see buddy in that corner. <laughs> Hold on, but playing, I'm not even playing devil's advocate. It's clear as day. Every time he stressed the jab, right to Dillian, was when Dillian always got clipped or got hit during those exchanges. So Buddy's just like, bro, all you got to do is just use the jab against the guy. You got longer reach. You could just beat him that way. So it was that's why he was saying it. It wasn't like, you know, like the dude was just giving him poor advice. I think that advice made sense. You know what I mean? And think about this on during the face-off. Remember, um, like, when they were, they, Jermaine was talking about, you know, my uppercuts, my bread and butter, blah, blah, blah. blah that's my shot. That's so I think that's why he was like, yo, you're going to have to earn it, bro. You know what I'm saying? He was protecting <laughs> that chin, son. Like, he just buddy be talking to him. Buddy be just be talking. Nah, buddy. He, was he, him, him, bro. he, wasn't, he wasn't saying like, hey, make sure you, you know, you protect that head, move that head when you throw that jab. He was just like. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Just get on the stick. Just use your stick. Go back to using your jab. And it's not only that, G. He's like, just use your jab and don't throw anything else and whatever. Dillian did his best work when he was going to the body, throwing them hard hooks to the body. He did say that. Remember, he he said, jab, jab, and if you're going to throw the the hook, 
throw the hook to the body, not the head. He did say that yeah. a couple of times. Well, well, well you know, like I said, you can Dillian, sit here. Listen. listen. First of all, G, and I'm going to be real with you, and I watched that fight. I didn't need to watch it again. When he was throwing his jabs, he was still losing. Jermaine Franklin was, was countering his jabs. You could sit here and try to make it sound cute, like, oh, when he was throwing his jabs, he was still losing. Jermaine was J Jermaine was uh weaving his jab, hooking him to the body. Jermaine was countering over his jab and hitting him to the head. So he was still losing with his jab. So it was actually when he didn't listen to Buddy McGurk and would exchange when he would actually hurt Jermaine and start winning, bro. I'm telling you, I watched the fight. No, if I, get I was it. in Dillian White's corner, I would say, go for the knockout right now and stop playing with him, and maybe he would have won by knockout. But I think well, – that's why I didn't want to judge Dillian too much because I think what, we're, what we witnessed was Dillian having, like, corner issues with his team. <laughs> like, on the rail, like, Dillian – like, Whose fault is that? No, 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 no. That's that's why I didn't go too hard on Dillian because I'm like you can see Bro, he that buddy. Listen, was I done don't no G G stop it. I done sat here yeah, I'm just and saying. told the whole yeah. boxing world about Buddy McGurk. I done told the boxing world. I told I was like last year, I probably every year that we've done this show, I have sat here and said every time I see that a fighter has picked Buddy McGurk, I pick the other fighter. Now, I didn't find out about Buddy McGurk and Dillian White until they showed uh, the press conference. I said, is that Buddy sitting there? But I still said, Dillian's going to have enough to beat Jermaine Franklin. And I was wrong because I thought Jermaine Franklin won the fight. Dillian did land some powerful punches. He did win some exchanges. But for the most part, I thought that Jermaine Franklin outworked him. I thought Jermaine Franklin landed the better punches. I thought Jermaine Franklin showed he wanted it more. There were exchanges where, like, when it, when it went down, Jermaine was the one throwing. Jermaine was the one initiated, and Dillian was just standing there. People could say whatever they want. Dillian White looked clumsy. He looked clumsy. He looked, at times, he looked like he was unwilling to exchange. And what happened to maximum violence? What happened to that guy? He went from the man who, who's howling before he gets into the ring. He went from the man who represents maximum violence to becoming the maximum victim. You know what I'm saying? Because he was ready to leave that ring. Like you said, Trill, he was ready to leave that ring. And he's no, going to sit to mention, There was one round, the bell saved his life, son. Yeah. Like, he was, was like round hurt. eight. Yeah, he was hurt. And yeah. the bell rang. Bro, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you what saved him. And, and, and perhaps I'll get into it a little bit more. Jermaine Franklin's conditioning saved him. This is the problem with the American heavyweights. The American heavyweights have talent. Jermaine Franklin, Andy Ruiz, even a Deontay Wilder. They don't condition themselves to apply pressure into fight for 12 rounds. That's the problem with the American heavyweights. And you saw it in that 12th round. If Jermaine wins that 12th round, we're talking about a lot A lot of people screaming robbery right now, but a lot more people will be like, yo, his win was definitive. Because from my scorecard, it goes from 115, 113 to 116, 112. And I'm saying to me, it was convincing. I, I thought he, he won enough. But even, even on my card, around here, around there, Dillian can get the dub, right? But... That's because he he faded noticeably. You can see him sitting on the stool just looking like 
he was ready to tip over. If he had better conditioning, White would have been in big, big trouble. But you know who got that conditioning? Those dudes at the top. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. So we'll get into it. My reaction to the fight was Jermaine Franklin is better than, than I thought, better than, better than we gave him credit for. And salute to Jermaine. He went out there. Nothing rattled him. He stayed respectful. He didn't get out of character. His name's the 989 assassin, but he wasn't the one acting like a gangster and trying to act like a hoodlum out there. That wasn't him. That was other people. You know what I mean? But just imagine if he would have showed his behind the way Dillian was showing his behind. And see, Dillian, that's a tactic. That's a tactic that a lot of, I noticed that a lot of the UK fighters use against the Americans. They try to provoke the Americans to, to, to rile the Americans up and get the Americans to, to, to clap back and then make it seem like the Americans are disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But Jermaine never got involved in that. Jermaine said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just stay quiet and let you expose your ass to the world. I'm just going to beat your ass when the time's right. And that's what he did. Dillian, you may have gotten a decision, but you didn't win nobody over with that. And I doubt that many people want to see you in there with the elites, but we're going to get into that in a later segment. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is one that was popular online and one in which Jermaine Franklin agreed with. The question we're asking is, was Jermaine Franklin robbed? So the first thing I'm going to do is show you Jermaine Franklin's Twitter. Oh, and please follow Jermaine Franklin. So um, one, Jermaine Franklin tweets, uh, I was effing robbed. Total bullish decision. So that's what he tweeted after the fight. Now look at this. It got 3,469 likes. That's dope. But if we go back, he got like, he doesn't even have that many followers. He got like, oh, there goes one of the Boxing Bros supporters right there. Let's go. Yeah, but he ain't got a blue check, though. I think That's what I'm saying. Check, it's like, eh, is that really him? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. What's, hold on. They go Irish Boxing Bro and Yellow Claws, two of the Boxing Bro supporter. Those are the most dangerous uh, graphic designers on Twitter. <laughs> I know. Here he is right here. Like, he does, as you can see, he has 1,923 um, followers. And that's actually gone up by like 600 since his fight with Dillian. So it got 3,000 likes. So if you're watching this, man, go like Jermaine Franklin's. Uh, not like, but go follow Jermaine Franklin. I even decided to follow him after seeing that, man. And Lovejoy follows him. So that's all the endorsement you need. Lovejoy follows this man. All right. <laughs> all right, so uh, I will stop sharing that. And uh, let me show. Um, here we go. This is what Eddie Hearn said. Uh, and this is courtesy of uh, Michael Benson. Eddie Hearn on Dillian White, majority decision over Jermaine Franklin. He said, it's not a robbery at all. It was a very close fight. I feel it was 115-113 to White. I can see a draw. I can see 115-113 to Franklin. Not really, but maybe anyone who says that's a robbery is thick as ish in all honesty. That's what Eddie Hearn had to say about it so now i'm gonna turn it over to the commish crabby shack trill dollar bill <laughs> oh uh what's your reaction to jermaine franklin saying he was robbed all uh, right like i was saying you 
know, I was at the shaking crab, you know what I'm saying? I had the Cajun sauce on my hands, so I couldn't really judge the fight, you know, do the scorecards how I wanted because I had the, the clusters. I had, you know, some crab clusters. Cluster, not clusters. You know what I'm saying? Some scrimps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A couple scrimps. Uh, so, but this is what I would say, right? When I was watching the fight, and I was dying when I seen Buddy. I, I told y'all that I was dying because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know bro's going crazy right there, right? So um, I'm sitting there and I was like, yo, is it the fact of the matter, right, that we expected Dillian to go out here and straight uh, put on a show and that Franklin was just doing his thing that we started just cheering for Franklin. I'm like, was it one of those moments? You know what I'm saying? Like Franklin wasn't supposed to be doing so good. And he, we started just, you know, maybe saying like he was, you know, cause he was doing better than what we expected. But then I was like, I caught myself like he's really putting in work. He's really putting in work. Um, it's, it's not a robbery. It was a close fight, you know? Um, and this is what happens with, with close fights. Uh, bro alluded to in the um, conditioning. If Franklin had better conditioning, he wouldn't be saying nothing about a robbery right now. Because it would have been decisive. Maybe they just need to run it back. Because um, Dillian didn't look like Dillian. And I was impressed by Franklin. And I just don't know what it is. Is it the decline of Dillian or is this kid Franklin really is that good and he just needs to work on a few things? You know, so I, it just still left more questions for me. I'm thinking maybe we need to just run it back. But nah, I, it wasn't a robbery. It was a close fight. That's what I think. All right, Kasperji. Yeah, a uh, robbery, that's I think that's extreme. It's excessive, you know. Um, but this fight actually reminds me of a, a recent fight, actually. I know y'all going to hate me for this, but I have to say this. It remind me of uh, Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola, where, you know, kind of like what Trill was just saying, where it's like you're thinking it's supposed to be a showcase for, like, Dillian, and then Franklin out of nowhere is, like, impressive. And you're like, whoa. Like, I'm thinking you food, and next thing you know, you're like, you're winning rounds, and you're like, yo, this is really like a, a close fight, and you end up, you know, rooting for, you know, the guinea pig, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Because he's in enemy territory. He has all the odds against him, and yet, you know, he's still putting on a great performance. Same thing with Chris Ariola against um Andy Ruiz, where it's like... Chris Ariola, like this old head, like nah, he's done for. And you know he impressed me. And and I, in that fight, I actually scored it for Chris Ariola over Andy Ruiz. This one though, you know, I still have Dillian White over um, Franklin by one point, but again, really, really close. So I I agree with um, with Eddie Hearn's assessment of the fight, you know, um, but. Like he, I, I didn't like how he was like. Well, if you have Franklin winning. I guess it's not like I guess it was like really, really close. 
Like, look at your man, David Hayes. <laughs> David Hayes literally was like, yo, I'm not going to hate on Dillian like that. Any round I could fish for a point for Dillian, I'm giving it to him. That's why, hence, he had three 10-10 rounds. Like, let's just keep it 100. Like, the judge who had it a draw I had a few in there, too. You see what I'm saying? So, like, and, and, and I'm not saying the judge or Dillian or um David Hay is wrong for their assessment because I kind of get it. However, that first round, I was just like, nah, bro, it's clear as day. Franklin won that round. I don't know what you're seeing, but like, I even have a 10 10 round on mine. That's how close it was for real. Like, certain there were certain rounds where it's like, all right, like one person will land like three punches, then immediately after the other person land three punches. You know what I mean? It was just like that type of back and forth situation. So it's like, how do you really score these type of really, really close rounds and stuff? So the criteria may change per round. You know, one round could be like, oh, that's clear damage, even though the other person may have landed more. You know, it's like, it just is what it is. So it's like what you prefer, right? So I'm not mad at how anybody scored it. But for anyone to say, like, it was a robbery, it doesn't make sense. And I understand Franklin's upset. Chris Ariola also was upset when he fought Ruiz and said the same thing. I was robbed. And it's just like, man, you just mad because you you did you provided us with an entertaining fight. You won over the crowd, and yet you still lost. But that doesn't mean you got robbed. It just means you lost. But it's okay. There's victory even in defeat. You know, like I think Franklin, man. Now I think uh, when it comes to U.S. heavyweights, I think everyone's gonna look at him with with respect now. You know what I mean? So even though you know he's claiming it was a robbery. I think what he, him and his team should do is try to petition to get a rematch. If they can't get that rematch, you know, I, you know, I will probably do a campaign where Dillian shook, you know, kind of force Dillian Eddie's hand. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you, man, this is good publicity for him. You know, like he was before this fight, he was an unknown commodity. You know, just like Andy Ruiz with Anthony Joshua. You know, and like that, he these dudes could become stars, man. You know what I mean? But I will say this, Franklin, this should be a learning lesson. Especially in the heavyweight division, man, don't leave it up to these damn judges. You should have took them out. You know what I mean? You had one round where you had <laughs> hurt. And here you comes guillotine G. G. Huh? I said, here comes guillotine G. I'm just saying, listen, <laughs> if, if you took his head off, this wouldn't have been a problem. You would have been the man in the UK. You know what I'm saying? Like, you would have been chilling right now in a hotel, feeding you biscuits and tea, son. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is, man. You know, it isn't a robbery. Try to get that rematch, man, and salute to you. Man, was it a robbery? Was the 989 assassin robbed of a dillion pack? Was he robbed of a dillion pack? That's what we need to know. Um, look, man, I scored the fight for Jermaine Franklin. I thought he won. But that doesn't make it a robbery. If you scored a fight for Jermaine Franklin, does it make it a robbery? And I try to explain this all the time. With close fights, it's going to be that way. Because you saw it one way, someone else sees it another way. They're really, truly rounds that could go either way. 
and are so close, it's hard for people to score. That leads to 10-10 rounds for some people who just feel like they can't make a decision. That leads to 10-9 rounds one way for someone who may have liked one person's work better. And or 10-9 round the other way for someone who appreciated the work of the other person. Or maybe it leads to a 10-9 round for the guy in his hometown where everyone likes him and the crowd screaming for everything he does so he gets the benefit. No one's coming at the UK. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is there's clearly an advantage to being home, right? That's why they call it home court advantage. That's why you're saying you're fighting at home. The advantage of fighting at home is you tend to get the favor in a close fight, right? In a close game, right? In a close basketball game or football game, either football, it could be, you know, world football, American football, any football. In a close game, if you're home and the crowd is making noise to disrupt the communication between the other team, does that not benefit your team? It does. And if you're at home and the crowd is cheering and buzzing and going crazy every time one fighter lands a punch, that's like highlighting to the judge. Oh, and by the way, did you see that punch? Did you see that punch? That's like having someone over the judge's ear every time. Did you see that punch? Did you see that punch? That was a great punch, right? Even even sometimes when they don't land, the person's still in the air. Like, you saw that, though, right? That could have landed and hurt them, though. Like, you feel me? That's what you got in a judge's ear every time they're watching a fight. So you're Jermaine Franklin. You're in a close fight. You, you did not win. I thought you won. But I don't think it's a robbery. But I will say Jermaine Franklin showed that he has a lot of talent. Like G said, he was faster than I thought. He was more elusive than I thought. He was well-schooled. In there, he 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 his attack was he varied his attack. It wasn't predictable. He did a lot of great things in there. I take nothing away from Jermaine Franklin, but where Jermaine Franklin falls short is where a lot of other American heavyweights fall short, and that's conditioning. That's conditioning. To look at Jermaine Franklin's physique and to look at him and see what he did, it makes me wonder how great would he be. If he lost some body fat. Yo, if he was 20 pounds lighter, he'd be yeah. a problem. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, if he lost some body fat, and and I'm not, because see, like, well, people look at weight. I don't even look at weight like that, because you got weight, muscle. And for a heavyweight, when you put, like, weight on it, you don't know how much of it's muscle or whatever. So I would, like, I would love to see him just lose, like, 5% body fat. Right. Because also the thing with heavyweights is like when you lose weight and build muscle, it kind of, you know, it fluctuates and it hurts like the scale. So like it's just become leaner. Just get leaner. Keep muscle. I don't want you to lose muscle. I just want you to get leaner and build on your conditioning. Because I'm telling you, Jermaine Franklin, if you would have done that, you would have had more stamina to turn those 10, 10 rounds into definitive 10, nine rounds. You would have had more stamina to give Dillian White a, a go in that 12th round and make it more difficult for him. Whereas when the bell sounded, it did look like Jermaine Franklin was lucky that there wasn't a 13th round. But for all those hopping on Dillian, like, oh, Jermaine Franklin was lucky there wasn't a 13th round. Dillian's lucky there wasn't a 13th round against Joseph Parker, but y'all don't say nothing about that. Right? Y'all take that win. Yeah, yeah. So, like, come on now. At the end of the day, this is boxing. Close fights cannot be robberies. I keep trying to tell people that this is the problem. This is why, you know, 
Dillian White, did he get the benefit of the doubt? He did. He was at home. He's the one with the bigger name. He's the one who sold out the arena. He's the one who can potentially make a few millions of dollars fighting other people. So he did get the benefit of the doubt. That's You act like you don't know that going in, fam. Let's be real. We know that going in. You know that going in, fam. You know that. So did you, did you think that Eddie Hearn was about to mess up the bag? Dillian White versus AJ2. Because you won one more round? Then Dillian? No, you need to win three more rounds than Dillian. And even then, that may have been for a draw. Like you gotta you gotta come in there. <laughs> Guillotine style, I told y'all. You gotta go in there knowing you gotta dominate. I've seen Floyd Mayweather dominate Canelo Alvarez, and one judge still had it a draw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so you can't sit around and play. And even Canelo was like, when he heard a draw, like, like get the hell out of here. He he knew that was BS. So when it comes to these scorecards, fam, you can't leave it in the hands of the judges. And are you want to make it so definitive? I saw Lennox lose to Holyfield. I thought he beat. I thought Lennox destroyed Holyfield. I thought it was a definitive victory. But somehow they called that fight a draw. Bro, you got to take it. So when all said and done, it wasn't a robbery. I understand the frustration. You traveled. Dillian talked all that trash to you. You maintained your composure. You went in the rain. You did what you had to do. But when all said and done, man, it was a close fight. It could have gone either way. It didn't go your way. But I, I do think your stock went up in this fight. So you shouldn't be ashamed and you should be proud and just work harder next time. And this is first L2, man. So you're probably going to take it a little hard, you know? The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is can Dillian White beat Deontay the Bronze Bomber Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Daniel Dandelion Dubois, or Joe Joyce? That's the question. Can Dillian White beat those four guys? Because we're talking about the elite fights now. He's already lost to Tyson Fury, so it's probably he's probably not going to see Fury for a while. Here are some names in the division. Do you think he can beat these guys? And we're going to start it off with the heavyweight jinx, former heavyweight jinx, <laughs> probably still a heavyweight jinx, <laughs> conspiracy. All right, listen. I think uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to say maybe Daniel Dubois. He could probably be him, you know, and that's again, experience goes a long way. You know, um, he's the least experienced out of the four, you know, uh, but he does have a lot of power. So I don't know. I don't know if uh, Dillian could like withstand a couple of his shots, you know, but Dillian is I, I, I it's like with Dillian. It depends on who which Dillian shows up, you know. Um, I, I don't see Dillian beating Wilder, I don't see Dillian beating AJ, you know. And as much as I talk trash about AJ, you know, about his mentality and stuff, I I'd be damned if I see AJ lose to Dillian White. That'd be crazy. I'm like, yo, then I really don't know heavyweight boxing, you know what I'm saying? So uh, and I understand it, you know. Just one, it only takes one punch, but AJ has more skills than Dillian White. Dillian may have more skills than Wilder, but 
I don't think Dillian could withstand that right hand. So Dillian's going to be in trouble, especially like I don't know if he'll even do that guard. You know, I don't think he's going to do that anymore with a with a Deontay Wilder. I think that's just punishment waiting to happen. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see what, what style he'll implement against the Wilder, but I still don't see him beating Wilder. And to be honest, I don't. I feel like I don't even need to talk about my man George. <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> George Joyce will murder this dude in the ring. <laughs> yo, listen, listen. Yo, he kind of remind. Yo, all right, man. You remember? Yeah, y'all. If y'all ever watched Oz, you remember Adabisi? <laughs> you remember what Adabisi used to do to his cellmate? That little kid. How you had him strapped on the bed? That's what would be happening in the in the ring. <laughs> oh my god! It's gonna be bloody sheets, son. You know what I'm saying? So leave oh, the I'm just saying. I try to be PG as I could be, but I'm telling you this right now: leave your Joyce alone. That boy's something else, man. You know what I'm saying? So I think his best chance is Dan Dubois. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know if that will happen, seeing that you know Dan Dubois is signed with Frank Warren. You know, but I think that's the only person out of the four that Dillian has like a strong chance. But nonetheless, I do think Dillian will ha- all the fights will be great, though. You know, like Dillian versus Wilder would be a great fight. AJ versus, uh, you know, Dillian, but, but this is 2.5 or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I even though everyone's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be clear as day, AJ's gonna body bag him. I think this is a great. Comeback fight for AJ, you know, and Dillian White versus Dean Dubois. I think that's a good fight too because then it's like, hey, this could be like uh, Dean Dubois step up fight to see if he could actually compete with the big boys, you know. And Dillian White versus Joe Joyce is just pretty much I'm just watching Lamb go to slaughter. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, quick question: Who beats Dillian White the worst? Actually, it's between Wilder and Joyce, but I'm still leaning on Joyce because it's not like he's going to do a one-hitter like, punch. It's like punches and bunches that hurt these dudes. Like, I'm telling you. <laughs> I remember this. You know what I'm saying? Y'all seen Joseph Parker. Okay? I'm just saying. Parker looked crazy. You know what I mean? Parker mutated his face. You know what I mean? So, then you mess around, that mohawk will get cut. You know what I'm saying? Yo. He ain't going to turn that mohawk to a Gumby. <laughs> Duck it to the side. Thanks, son. Yo. <laughs> All right, Dollar Bill. Oh man, that should have been the question. Who beats up Billy in the? <laughs> That's I was gonna ask you that too. Who does the dirtiest? Wow. I was, I was, while I was at the shaking crab, you know, I had the Cajun sauce and the shrimp. When I was sitting there, I was thinking, I was like, yo, Wilder, if Wilder hop on this right now, it'll be crazy. Wilder need to go over there to the UK and knock Dillian White out, you know, and get a, a, a easy bag and 
Dillian get a bag too. You know, that would be a crazy, crazy fight. Um, AJ, I already seen that. Um, <laughs> you know, jo- leave the juggernaut alone. You're not going <laughs> to get paid that, mo- that, that type of money. You know what I'm saying? To take All that money ain't good, buddy. And his new name is Joe No Vaseline Choice. Leave that man alone, son. Just leave him alone. It's not even worth It's not. Joe, no Vaseline Joyce. I'll leave him alone. No Vaseline Joe. No Vaseline Joe and Guillotine Joyce, man. Oh, man. And the only one I – and I still think he loses that because of the the, the man, the young man being youth, having youth on his side. Um, I still think right now after seeing that fight, if anything, he should be trying. To... These this these are all dangerous guys, and I think the question is who beats him the worst. I think it starts with leave Joe Joyce alone. That's, uh, that's with it, and then I'm 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 with you. I go with Wilder, then I go with AJ, and then I go with uh, Daniel Du Bois. That would be my ordering. Who gets who hurts Daniel Du Bois? <laughs> that's that's just. Oh man, just leave Joe Joyce alone. It's just it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You're not even gonna be able to get one off on him. He gonna, <laughs> he gonna take that and just <laughs> it's not even gonna be worth it. You, gonna, you know? Leave Joe Joyce alone. Listen, man. Poor Dillian. <laughs> Listen, I'll be frank with you. I, I just don't see him beating any of these guys. Um, I think they're too talented offensively, um, as well as um, when you talk about Deontay Wilder. Yeah, Dillian White has power, but Deontay Wilder showed he's willing to take a beating. Um, and, and Deontay Wilder, to me, gave a better account of himself in two fights against Tyson Fury than Dillian White did. Actually, in all three. I feel like he did better than Dillian White did in his fight, in all three of his fights with Tyson Fury. Um, so I feel like you, you you can say whatever you want. And this isn't for me saying, like, I think that he would beat Dillian White because he did better with Tyson Fury. What I'm saying is I think that he showed that he can take more punishment than Dillian White in those fights. So we know that both of them can give punishment. But I'm saying I saw Wilder absorb more punishment than Dillian White. Is that going to hurt him during this fight with Dillian? We'll see. But Dillian has taken a lot of punishment himself. Whereas I've seen Deontay Wilder knock unconscious one time. I've seen it from Dillian White like three times. So uh, I'm just saying, man, Dillian White does have like a lot of wear and tear on his body. And, and even when he wasn't knocked unconscious, he was knocked down and hurt in other fights. So that's one thing I think goes against him. I think Wilder has the hammer, and I think he would drop the hammer on Dillian White. Anthony Joshua already beat Dillian White, and this is this is back when Anthony Joshua wasn't as good as he is now. People said that Dillian White got better, and at one point he did show that. But if you're telling me that this version of Dillian White that we saw yesterday is better than the version of the Dillian White that Anthony Joshua fought in 2015, I think it was. Go ahead, G. Correction. My man Dillian had a messed up shoulder, son. Mm. Messed up shoulder win. 
He said during that AJ fight, his shoulder was messed up. After the fight, he immediately had surgery to fix it. Okay. And that's he, what he claimed. That's what he claimed. He was still better with that bad shoulder than he was last night. Dillian <laughs> White, who fought AJ with a bad shoulder, was better than the Dillian White we saw last night. So Anthony Joshua, a better fighter, Dillian White appears to be regressing. So, I mean, you just tell me what you think is going to happen. I think Anthony Joshua does what he did the first time whenever he wants. Daniel Dubois, like Trill said, is young, hungry, but he's also taking an L. And he quit in that L to some people who say he quit, at least the, the, the appearances that he quit. And so you know he is eager to prove himself. And if you 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 make that fight, you ring that bell and you let that young lion run it run up on Dillian, I think he sparks Dillian White the hell out. And Joe Joyce is leaving alone, bro. Listen, all money ain't good money. You, you, you don't need to do certain things. Listen, it will be no Vaseline Joe. Thanks. It will be guillotine Joyce. Like, I'm telling you right now. It might be your last fight, Dillian. You're going to be thinking about it. You telling me right now Joseph Parker isn't at home thinking about it? <laughs> Joseph Parker is at home right now thinking about it. Joseph Parker still can't drive. <laughs> can't drive right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> For real. I'm just telling you, don't do it. Who do I think would beat him the worst? Yo, I think Joe Joyce would beat him the worst. For, for all the things you just stated, you stated, G, like. Y'all are messed up. No, listen, Joseph Parker. It just said Joseph Parker just made it to solid snow. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe would beat him badly over a period of rounds. I think first Joe Joyce would get, do the most damage to him. Second, I think, is Wilder. Because I think Wilder is just going to be one punch, one kill, and and it's over with. And then sec and then third, I think would be Daniel Dubois. Because I think Daniel Dubois will look at it as I got something to prove. And so I want to go out there and straight take his head off. I don't think AJ would beat him the worst because I think AJ would toy with him. I think AJ would just beat him up, beat him up, and then let him survive. And then beat him up, beat him up, and then let him survive. And then decide when he wants to knock him out. That's what I think. Because they got they got a history. Yeah, and you know how it is when, when you got a history. It's kind of like what um Lennox Lewis did to Mike Tyson. It was like he could have taken Mike out whenever he wanted to, but he wanted to beat up Mike and just and just punish him. I think AJ would just beat him up, beat him up, beat him up, beat him up, beat him up. And then they'll be in the corner like, knock him out already, AJ. Knock him out already, AJ. And AJ will decide when he wants to knock him out. Because because they got like that type of relationship. So I, I don't think AJ would want to kill him early. I think AJ would want to punch him in the face for about like eight eight rounds before he before he goes for the kill on Dillian. So that's what yeah. it's food. Yeah, yeah. You depending, know what I mean? Depending Roy Jones in the corner. Do the chicken thing I showed you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, got Roy, we got Roy in the corner. Roy like, hey, yeah, Roy talking about do the no, chicken go thing. In there. <laughs> Pull out the sweet sweeper. Chicken, no, no, gee, the chicken the, into the sweet sweeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
you can take us out, brother. <laughs> Let us know how you feel in the comment section. Please like and subscribe. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. And please check out our podcast on all major streaming services. We are the boxing brothers. Oh, oh man. That's <laughs> <laughs> versus the street sweeper. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> For the record, Eddie's right. This sentence right here. You oh. know <laughs> I knew you was going to say that, G. <laughs> I don't know what Trill's going to say. Are right, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros, a comments made by Eddie Hearn. First, I'm going to pull up the comments, and then we'll discuss it. So this is a reported by Michael Benson. Eddie Hearn stated, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk is nowhere near as big as Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua and nowhere near as big as Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder either. It's a great fight, but it's just not. That's what uh, Eddie Hearn had to say. Trill dollar bill, man. What's your reaction to that? Do you agree with Eddie or do you have a different opinion? Undisputed chumps all. Undisputed chumps, oh, I get it. People got these fights what they wanted to see long time ago when people were undefeated and when the hype was on and they both had belts and stuff like that. Yeah, that was that was all cute and dandy. But let's be let's be real. I understand you want to get your fighter into these big fighters fights and get some money going and all that. Nothing chumps undisputed. Um for me. I don't, I don't know if he's mad at Usyk because Usyk's the man that beat his guy. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to crap on, uh, on, on Usyk, but no, undisputed, chumps all these fights. Yeah, I would love to see uh, uh AJ and Wilder. Yeah, and that's, and that would still do well. And I think Fury and AJ, that's a cool fight too. But you know, nothing. Trump's undisputed right now. One champ, one face. To me, that's the biggest fight in the heavyweight division right now. I mean, I don't got nothing bad to say about Eddie, Eddie Hearn. You know, I just, you know, I'm just keeping it a buck. You know, the biggest fight in the heavyweight division right now is Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk for Undisputed. Everything else is just cool. And that's just how I feel. And I think this Eddie is just doing this because his man is not involved in what we think is going to be one of the, the a, a big fight. That's what all it is at the end of the day. You know, so, so he's just doing what he got to do. No, I don't agree with, with Eddie at all. Not at all. G, G. All right, I'm on the other side of the coin on this one. I agree 1,000% with Eddie on this, you know, and the reason why is because I hear what you're saying, that 
maybe big as far as accolades, yes. But as far as like pay-per-views and ticket sales and things of that nature, no. Usyk, you know, I love this guy, but you know, he's he, he's not really a big star like that. He don't speak English. Let's just be real. You know, that's a major issue. You know, Fury wasn't lying when he said Man, that. He speak better English than some people I know that speak English. Maybe so. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like Usyk. I really do. I like Usyk. <laughs> but let's just keep it 100. You know, it's not like Usyk's that guy that's like the face of boxing and he could sell a fight, this and the third. You know, and Fury understands that. That's why Fury rather will rather fight AJ than a Usyk, even though Usyk has the belts. You know what I mean? This fight is just, all right, undisputed. That's cool. But a legacy fight would be, you know, uh, like Fury versus AJ, you know what I'm saying? Or like, or for like AJ, AJ versus Wilder, his his nemesis, you know what I mean? Like, and remember, the the buildup of Undisputed was always between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. You know what I mean? Now both guys dropped the ball and then the, the belts got dispersed to the two other gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? But however, you know, that was the buildup. And this is the comparison. Look at the lightweight division. Devin Haney versus Cam Bosis. It was cute, right? But it isn't as big as Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis. Let's just keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? People want to see like the, the 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 big names fight each other. You know what I'm saying? These belts don't really mean anything. They're just belts. They're just trinkets. They're jewelry. You know what I mean? So if I had to pick between Anthony Joshua versus um Deontay Wilder or paying to see Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk, I'm gonna be honest, I'm picking AJ versus Wilder. You know, now I'm pretty sure people in the Ukraine will pick Fury versus Usyk, you know what I'm saying? But I think more fans in the UK, more fans in the United States, more fans in Mexico would pick AJ versus Wilder over Fury versus Usyk. Go ahead, Trill. No, I agree with what you're talking about as far as the numbers and stuff like that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I wanted to jump in real fast is I don't want to compare Devin and Cambosis to Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury. That's just this mm-hmm. totally different. Alexander well, I was talking about the I was making no argument about undisputed as if undisputed means something. I'm saying this undisputed means a lot at heavyweight. It's it's saying with everything that's been put on table and for as long as this thing has been trying we've been trying to make this thing happen you know this is great for the heavyweight division but no it's great for the heavyweight division but i'm just let's just be real who put the heavyweight division on their back it was anthony joshua right and you know when you think of anthony joshua you always think deontay wilder or even tyson fury it was like those they were like the the three-headed dragon right Usa came out of nowhere and and took them belts from AJ, right? But Usyk is still fairly unknown to casuals, right? So Fury is going to have to do all of the promoting. You know what I mean? He's going to have to do pretty much everything to sell that fight internationally, you know? It's going to be Fury by himself. But if Fury was facing AJ, who's already a global star, you know what I'm saying? It'd be easy for him. You know what I'm saying? Even AJ 
um, versus Wilder. We all know they had a buildup for so long. Even though they don't have the belts, a lot of people still pay for that pay-per-view just because it's like, yo, this been this is like one of those fights that we've been waiting for so long, we just have to see it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's to the level of like Pacquiao versus Floyd. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to force it. But, yo, it's still fairly up there. You know what I mean? So, like, I do think Fury versus AJ is way bigger. And AJ versus Wilder is way bigger than Fury versus Usyk. And although it's coming from Eddie, because I see what you're saying, this could be just hate because, you know, Usyk's not signed to Eddie or anything. Fury's not signed to Eddie. So it could just be hate. But even though it may be a sprinkle of hate, there's still a lot of truth in the statement that he's making. I do believe internationally, globally, when it comes to the largest boxing markets, the largest boxing markets would rather see AJ face against Fury or AJ face against Wilder than to see Fury go at it with Usyk. It might be cool in the in the in in Europe, maybe maybe in Europe it'll, it'll sell decent, but globally I don't see them numbers going to be that. So you say so this is basically like a a, a double headed question because basically what you're saying is big for the sport of boxing, but it's big financially. With the other guys, yeah, because I don't know. Maybe I agree. I can. I can. I can watch motor. You know what I mean? He's looking at some money. You know what I'm saying? Get more money. You know, with him, with the other guy, with the other fights. Yeah, true. But I think for big for boxing, with 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 fight as big as for boxing. That's why I said I agree with you on that. When it comes to accolades and what it means for the history of like the heavyweight division. You know, being undisputed in the era, that's true. That that's huge. That's a major accomplishment. But again, he's a promoter, man. Promoters is about making money, selling fights. Which one would you rather do? If let's think about this, I bet you Bob Aram himself will say they will rather fight AJ than Usyk because they want that big payday. It just is what it is. I mean, I think you both touched on something that's very interesting and kind of which is my thought as well. When you say bigger, bigger in terms of what? You mean like bigger in terms of star power? You may have a point. If you're saying that uh, Fury, Joshua, and Joshua versus Wilder is bigger in terms of star power, then sure. We've seen it before in boxing where the – pound for pound best or the best fighter in a division isn't necessarily the star, the superstar in the division. We've seen that before. Um, actually happened with Floyd. That's how he became the star. He was the best fighter. De La Hoya was a star. They met and that's how he became the superstar. So it happens sometimes where the best fighter isn't the star. In this case, Usyk would have to be dubbed the best fighter, unified champion, um, moved up from cruiserweight where he was undisputed champion. So you have Usyk with three of the four major titles, and he's not a global superstar, you would say. Um, he's not, certainly not as big as the other three guys in terms of recognition, um, in terms of ability to draw audience. But to those who know, we know he's the most meaningful fight. He's the most meaningful fight, hands down. So to me, if you ask me what's the biggest fight that can be made, I'm going to say Fury versus Usyk. 
the reason why I'm going to say free versus Usyk, because knowing the history of the heavyweight divisions, we've been needing an undisputed champion for years now, since Lennox Lewis left, to bring all the titles together. Everyone talks about who's the baddest man on the planet, and the truth is we don't know since Lennox retired. Ever since Lennox retired, we had a bunch of, I think he's the baddest. I think he was the baddest. One of the things that made it um, appealing with Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder originally was we had the opportunity to find out who was undisputed, like the undisputed fact of who was the baddest man on the planet. And we we still haven't gotten that. That's why people mad about the Walter White situation with Earl Spence and T.C., we sick of it. We don't want to see this. We want to see who's the baddest man at 147 since Floyd left. And although Floyd wasn't undisputed, Floyd beat everyone. So we knew he beat everyone at some point in time. So we knew who the baddest man was. And somewhat AJ's been doing that, but he hasn't been winning every single fight. But he's been fighting a lot of people. So I think that's what adds to his star power. Wilder knocks people out. And he had the trilogy with Fury that took him to another level. Fury has the personality. He beat Klitschko to relieve Klitschko of the belts. And then he got suspended. And then he had his history with the with the drugs and, and obesity and everything. And then he came back and did what he did, rising from the deck like The Undertaker, which could be symbolic with his career and everything he was going through and becoming a superstar. So there's that. But don't underestimate Usyk's story which he really can't tell, which he should get other people to tell for him, which is the story of being that guy from the Ukraine, being a symbol of hope for his people and actually going there, being on the front lines to fight a war and then going into training camp while all this is going on and fighting Anthony Josh won't win it. He has a story to sell as well. So let's not underestimate Usyk's story and make it seem like he's not a draw. He's in the process of building himself up towards being a draw because you got to look at it like cruiserweights, like the heavyweight division's ugly stepchild, right? Where um, people people don't really like the cruiserweight division. People rather see the heavyweight division. If I said like name like five cruiserweights right now, I mean, you could probably do it, but it's going to take you a while. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm just saying, because you automatically just go to the heavyweight division. So, uh, and, and you can't name uh, Jake Paul. So, <laughs> nah, for real. Like, I believe the biggest fight is definitely undisputed. We've been needing undisputed for the longest time. Now, Anthony Joshua, and, and notice what Eddie Hearn did. He, he linked Anthony Joshua to fights. Anthony Joshua is the cash cow for a reason. Anthony Joshua has given us the fights we wanted when we wanted it. He's never cheated us. He's never ducked anyone. And that's why Anthony Joshua was the cash cow. Win or lose, he went in the ring and he gave it everything he had. And we respect that. I said it from the jump. My favorite fighters have L's. That's because they take the risk. You know, if you look at most of these guys who are undefeated, excluding nobody, look at the amount of risk they've taken in their career. They're probably You're probably not going to see that many. Most of the guys who take maximum risk take L's, but that's why I like them. That's why I like AJ. AJ will test himself against any fighter, win, lose, or draw. And, and that's why he could still sell against Tyson Fury. That's why he could still sell against Deontay Wilder, right? 
So that's what makes those fights big. AJ, Usyk doesn't have the luxury of fighting AJ again because they just fought twice and he just beat him twice. So, but Fury and AJ's, Fury versus AJ is only big because Fury hasn't fought AJ yet. He had the opportunity to fight AJ, but arbitration, he had to fight Wilder. AJ versus Wilder is only big because AJ hasn't fought them yet. Why? Because they could never work out an agreement, which I'm not going to blame it all on Wilder and blame it all on AJ. I'm going to blame it on their promotional teams now that I look back at those contracts and see how they were done. I believe they wanted to fight each other. But but the promotional companies were trying to wiggle their way in and do what's best for them. So the only reason why those fights are big, bigger, is because people have been debating them for years and they finally want closure on it. But if those fights were all just sprung out of nowhere at the same time, Usyk's fight would be bigger. But this is kind of like settling old scores, settling old scores, fight for the people. We Although it's not the same fight it would have been in 2015, for for uh, Wilder and AJ, we still want to settle old scores. Although it's not the same fight it would have been with Tyson Fury and AJ, we still want to see it to settle old scores. But that's just us. But what's the bigger fight? Come on, man. It doesn't get bigger than Undisputed. Even Tank versus Ryan Garcia, we're claiming that it's big. That's big like social media. That's big on social media. That's like for us to tweet or whatever. It means nothing in the history, history of boxing. 20 years from now, they're not talking about that fight. But they will be talking about Cam versus, Cambosis versus Devin Haney in the two fights in Australia. So uh, Undisputed is bigger to me. And I, and I think to most people, Undisputed would be a bigger fight. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros, a comment made by Derek Ward-Chazora, <laughs> who says that he beat Alexander Usyk. Let's take a listen, and then we'll respond. All right, so this video appears courtesy of IFL TV. Subscribe to IFL TV. All right, let's hopefully play this video. What have you made of uh, Tyson Fury saying that you he thought you beat Alexander Rusik? I did beat him. I knocked him down and didn't give me an account. And I did beat him. I knocked him down. What's the problem? But this is this what I'm gonna say to you, man. In this game, bro, you're not winning anything. <laughs> um, you said that he's bipolar, Tyson Fury. Do you truly believe that in your heart? No, that so, bipolar? anyways, that's what he had to say. He said he beat Usyk. He knocked him down. But in this game, you're not gonna win anything. So he believes. He defeated Alexander Usyk. Conspiracy G, what's your reaction to Derek Chisora's comments? All right, before y'all call me a Alexander Usyk hater, this and third, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to be real. Y'all, and I'm trying, I, I guess I didn't score that fight because I was, I was looking up my, you know, my list of old fights that I scored, but I couldn't find it. But I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that I think I did have Chisora winning, you know. Um, and if not, I know for a fact that fight was super duper close because that was the fight where I actually declared Usyk Ukrainian soup. I was like, there's <laughs> no way this guy is going to be AJ, you know. But now I'm honestly, I, this is what I think. I think Usyk was playing possum. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's how he, he got the AJ fight was by, like, 
like just not taking it to Tashora like that. Like I still remember Tashora was throwing hooks on this dude, landing hooks, and and Usyk would like fly across the ring, and I'm just like, yo, from a hook. You know what I mean? I was like, there's no way this dude belong in a heavyweight division. You know? So, if if, if Chisora and Fury both seen it uh, the same way that I did, I'm just saying, you know? Like, I know people love to hate me now, but I'm just saying, Usyk didn't look too good in that fight, man. That was a poor performance by Usyk. And my colleagues here, you know, my co-hosts, they had high hopes for this dude. And I was just like, I don't know, you know. So low-key, you know, uh, even if I don't agree with Chisora, because I, I got I don't remember my score. But even if, let's say, I had it a draw or if I had Chisora, Chisora winning or even if I had Usyk winning, it was too close to even, like, for me, it shouldn't even have been this close for a Chisora-level fighter. So, salute to uh, Chisora. I agree with my mans, you know, and Usyk, you be all right, you know, um, and I think you did that on purpose because that same Usyk was not there when when he was faced up against Anthony Joshua. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Dollar Bill. You're on mute. Yeah, Eddie put him up to this. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, Eddie put him up to this. Look, um, what was this? Usyk's, uh, what second fight? Second. It was a second fight at at, at um, heavyweight, right? Um, in the guy's backyard, correct? And got a unanimous decision in the guy's backyard. All tweet, all tweet, judge. Um. Yeah, put some respect on Usyk's name, man. Derek, you got beat. Okay, you just uh, <laughs> you lost. Wasn't no robbery. You lost. You lost. Okay, three judges in your hometown. We just was talking about the home. Even you was getting the oohs and ahs from hitting Usyk on the gloves. People, we ah, already talked about that. What happens in the home crowd? We already talked about that, especially with Derek Chisora. Exactly. You know, he Del Boy can't do no wrong. You know what I'm saying? They might as well just make him the prime minister. <laughs> you know? Of course, in his eyes, he, he beat Usyk. That was what they was telling him. <laughs> you beat that boy. <laughs> you know? But the judges didn't see that in your hometown. All three of them. Even Canelo got one on Floyd. <laughs> All three of them <laughs> said that Usyk beat that behind. Two of them, what was it? Uh, uh, 115, 113, and then one judge just jumped out the, the window and get, had it 112, 117. Damn. Damn. Yeah. And you was and you thought you won. I was seeing you hit gloves. I was seeing you miss shots, and I was seeing you get gassed and almost got stopped by the little small guy. But Usyk got so much of a good heart. <laughs> he didn't want to do that to you in front of your people. And he was like, yo, I can't knock him out. I got to try to make it home. 
he keep beating these guys up in their hometown. He was like, I can't knock them out because, you know, <laughs> they might throw bottles or something. See what they did to Hagler. But I don't know. Usyk beat that boy. Hands <laughs> three, three refs beat in his hometown. Boy. Seen it that same way. I don't know. Hey. Usi hasn't disappointed me yet. And he's still showing improvement. Shout out to Alexander Usi. Hey, that's what happens, man, you know, when you number one. You that guy, you know, and you already beat him. You know, they got to, you know, try to wheel you back in. He's just moving forward. He ain't looking at you, Derek. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> he ain't thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't thinking about you. You know what I'm saying? One of the bigger and better things. Yeah, you know, this is nothing new, man. This is what you hear with every Derek Ward Chisora fight is he got robbed. And I broke this down several times. Chisora has no pace. He sets no pace, not a realistic pace. Chisora from the opening bell comes out winging shots from round one through one through four, sometimes one through five. From that point on, he is gassed out <laughs> and he's picked apart and he loses the rest of the fight. And all his fans see is the four to five definitive rounds they thought he won when he was going crazy and the other fighter was letting him. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, all right, soon, soon. Soon, and then and then got him out of there. See, that's the thing. Like, if I told you you had to run a mile and you never ran a mile before, you you, you would probably just be like, okay, yeah, that's easy. And so, like, if you never ran it before, you may start off like the way you run a sprint, or you may start off a little faster than the average person because you don't know your pace. And midway through, when you start fading. You already ran past everyone, but when they start catching up and they don't look damn near as tight as you do, and they still feeling good, like, oh, yeah, we still running. By the time you, you, if you even make that one mile, you get to that one mile, and they say, oh, we're going to do another one. You're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> right? That's what Chisora does. He comes out in a marathon, 20, 26 miles. He comes sprinting. Everybody else is going their pace. So when he's crashing and they pass him, they don't just pass him. They just start they start lapping him. That's what you saw in that in that ring. You saw a guy who he come out the blocks fast against uh, Joseph Parker, against Usyk, and all his fights. That's what he does. And I like Chisora. It's yo, it's honestly hard not to like Delboy. The dude is a certified clown. He's funny. Sometimes unpredictable. Like I think he's a great character for boxing. He won me over. He won me over. Me and him used to have beef. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a very hard person not to like. So I get why everyone likes Del Boy. I get why you want to root for Del Boy. But if we're talking about boxing, landing clean, effective punching, holding and hitting and doing all this roughhouse tactics, you're not supposed to score that. His winging shots where he wings as hard as he can and he throws and it's not 
a scoring blow like a jab that sniffs your head back, a right hand that turns your face. That's a scoring point, not some wild winging shot that he throws to the body that's partially blocked by the person's arm. Forearm, biceps, blocking shots, and, and people getting all excited. Like, look, man, Chisora saying he won the fight, that's what he's supposed to say. That's what he's supposed – I've seen flat – I've seen Corey, uh, Corey Spanks celebrate at the end of a fight. No, we did it, baby. We did it. We did it. They were hugging each other. <laughs> I said, what the hell? Name Jermaine Taylor. Who was yeah. Jermaine Taylor. They made us say, yo, but we – what did we – did we see that? Yeah, me fool. Yeah, me fool. Like, yeah. Right. Maybe you, he did win that fight. You know, you're confused, like – like, hold on, baby, I was tripping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were crying in the ring and everything. Oh, it was crazy. They was really acting like they won because I said. So I expect fighters to think they won, even when they took an L. They took an L, they, they never would. I, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it before, so it is what it is. I expect him to think he won. It was a close fight. I remember, and gee, I, I think we all scored it for Usyk, I think. That's just that's yeah, I, mean. I think so too. But I was still like your man's food. You know what I mean? So I was I was I was the only one not impressed by Usyk's performance. I know that for a fact. Second fight in heavyweight division, beat the heavyweight gatekeeper easier than Joseph Parker did, and a lot of other people. And 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 like you said, that was his second fight. And and, and you said like he was he tricking everyone. I don't think so. I think he had to get acclimated to the weight. See, when you're not on PEDs, uh, 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 Connor Ben, right, to put on weight and look good at that weight is difficult. If you notice, when Usyk first moved up to heavyweight, he looked a little, a little, a little soft. He looked a little soft, right? And then against Chisora, he looked a little bit more chiseled. And then against Joshua, he filled in because what happens is. When you want to, when you want to move up and you want to put on weight, you 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 unless you don't build you don't build muscle and burn fat at the same time. It's either one or the other, right? The only way you could do both is if you want to juice, right? So you want to put on weight and build muscle. You're gonna have to have some fat there, and then you build as much muscle as you can using the energy, and then you cut it up. So all I saw was a man who was building his muscle. For the heavyweight division. And when he fought AJ, that man was ready. Why you think he was why you think remember I said this? I said, yeah, he'll let he'll he'll, he'll let uh he'll step aside and let AJ fight Fury. It only helps him get more acclimated to the heavyweight division. And the thing that's crazy is I don't even think you've seen the best of, of Usyk in the heavyweight division. Because yeah. every fight he gets more and more acclimated to the division. Every fight he's able to build a little bit more muscle like muscle mass and he's able to trim a little bit more fat. That's what people don't understand. It's not just about like, cause you watching when you watch the little guys do it, it's easier for them to do it. Cause they've been draining themselves to, to make weight. So when, so when they move up for them, it's like, you should have been here like a year ago. So it's something different. Usyk is trying to build muscle and move up to a division where he probably shouldn't be in. So, like, typically when a little guy's move up in weight, it's like Devin Haney. We watch Devin on a scale like, bro, like, one more at 135 and then leave. 
You feel me? So it's it's more like him doing what Usyk. He didn't need to move up to heavyweight. He's trying to move up. He's trying to put on extra weight. He's trying to do that. So he needs to do that in a way that makes him functional and not mess with his cardiovascular, which is his which is his strength at at, at that weight class. So I, I'm just saying the reason he looks so much better against AJ is because he got acclimated to the weight. He adjusted to the weight. You know what I mean? Whereas those other two fights, you saw him, he looked a little soft because he was in the process of building the muscle he needed and so he could shred. Um, but so that's why when they called him like the puffed up middleweight or saying he's on something, I seen at least the transition with him. All I saw was Connor Ben gain eight pounds and not an ounce of fat. And I'm looking at that like, hmm, where they do that at? Hmm. So anyways... Um, I'm just saying, Usyk to me, um, won the fight. Personally, I've never seen Usyk lose a fight. Um, I I feel like the man is proven and and earned and is earned and deserved respect, man. And if and if and if you want to, Derek Tazor saying it, cool. Anyone else saying it to me is crazy though. Derek himself saying it, that's cool. Cause you know, if I was Derek too, why not tell that story by campfire? To your <laughs> to your grinkers. I beat that boy and do the boxing politics. I got robbed. <laughs> the next topic we're gonna to discuss on boxing bros is our prediction for Fury versus Chisora three. It is going down for a third time. Fury won the first two fights, and now we're turning it over to Kaspira G. Nah, it ain't conspiracy G today. This is Chef Boy RG. I promise you. <laughs> Yo, Fury, I'm going to be mad if this goes to fight the fifth round. You should be in and out with your sword. Don't even play with this dude no more. I feel like Fury's going to want to play with his food to try to pretend like, oh, yo, this was a real challenge. <laughs> Stop it, dog. Stop it. You're too skilled. You're going to hurt this guy early. Chisora's going to come in like the bulldog. Just be the matador that you are. You know what I'm saying? Move around. Hit him with sharp jabs and finish him with the right hand. Lean. Put your weight on him. Chisora gets tired so much. And with your size, this should be easy work. So I'm predicting a fourth round knockout by uh, Tyson Fury. This is going to be this is this is like robbing the bank. You know what I'm saying? From your crib, you know what I mean. He's doing what's, what's that online theft? That's what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> he got to load a gun. He ain't got to put on a mask. He ain't got to do none of that. Easy work, you know. And Chisora, hey man, the UK is different. I understand. Regardless, you're gonna get love, and regardless, you're gonna keep going on with your boxing career. It's cool. I ain't even mad at you no more. But we all know what time it is, man. Like, let's stop playing these games. You're going to lose. You know you're going to lose. And it's okay. I still love you, bro. I still respect you. But what I pay for your pay-per-view is probably not. <laughs> but I'm going to support you from a distance. All right, Dollar Bill. The Dell boy going to be a pole boy because Jerry going to be eating. You know what I'm saying? It's not going past eight rounds. It's not going past eight rounds. Um, but, uh, shout outs to, uh, just sure this won't be the last time we see him. <laughs> Ain't no big one. 
You're going to see him in there. I'm trying to tell you, look, we're going to see him and Dillian White get it on, too. They're going to get it on again, too. Look, I'm trying to tell you. That's, that's, that's gonna, like a full fight. Yeah, they're going to get it on. They're going to probably have five. They, you know what I'm trying to tell you. I think they only got two. Yeah, they, they'll yeah. be a trilogy. Yeah, so it's going to be five. They're going to milk this. <laughs> You're gonna see both guys. Come on, they're gonna keep bringing them back. That's true. If Del if Del Boy wins the, the third one, they're gonna have to do it a fourth time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, that's just how it's gonna go down. But uh yeah, shout outs to uh Tyson Fury. This is just a showcase for him. And I see that he, I think he's just gonna we did the to to Dilly and he's gonna do the to Derek. Mop him. Yo, hold on. Fury versus um uh Dillian. What was that? Uh six rounds? Yeah, six. Six. All right, so I'll say this. Fifth. I said fourth. There'll be a fifth round. There'll be a fifth round. It's gonna be easier than the Dillian White fight. Look, I, I think like that's how oh, oh I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, but that's how they're gonna set up. They fight together. Who got knocked out by Tyson Fury? Lasted longer than you. I lasted longer than you. Actually, I think both of you are wrong. I think I think Eddie's going to sell Tazora and Dillian White to Deontay Wilder. But then they're going to get it on. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And Bruce then I'm going to argue who got knocked out by Fury and Wilder the best. <laughs> Either way, we're going to see Cheshire and Dillian White. Either way. <laughs> man, hey, man. Feed the streets, man. And he ain't going to leave that money on the table. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, we're going to see it, bro. It's going to be a sad sight. All right. Um, look, man. I tried a million and one ways to convince myself that Chisora has a puncher's chance. I really have. I just don't see it, man. I know this is the heavyweight division. Anything can happen, and that's what they're selling us on. But Chisora is just so sloppy. So, uh, like, his gas tank isn't good, and he's fighting Tyson Fury. And I already – I'm predicting this. Derek Chisora is going to run into the shot that knocks him out. Face first. He is literally going to run into the shot that knocks him out. It could be a straight right hand. It could be a left hook. It could be an uppercut. But I promise you, he's going to have his head first. He's going to be coming in doing that crazy wild Chisora stuff when he gets knocked out by Tyson Fury. And, like, I tried to convince myself, like, man, maybe this is a better fight than I'm giving it credit for. But... In reality, man, I think Chisora is who he is. He's a guy who puts on entertaining fights. Um, his fans love him, but does he belong in there with Tyson Fury? No. I think this is a stay active fight for Tyson Fury. Um, something to keep, keep him in camp, something to keep him motivated until he gets to fight Alexander Usyk. I think Chisora was selected because they don't want Tyson Fury to take too much punishment. Or they want a, a safe fight so that they can make sure they're on pace to be ready to fight Usyk. Um, but Chisora, Del Boy may shock the world for this one reason, and this one reason only. Just when we think we're going to get undisputed, 
We haven't gotten it. <laughs> Every time we think we're about to get undisputed, some unforeseen obstacle has been in the way and has taken it away from us. And that's the 1% chance that I give Del Boy is the fact that undisputed has eluded us with crazy, crazy. Even what was um, Andy Ruiz was 20 to 1 underdog when he beat Anthony Joshua. So we see crazy stuff. So anything can happen for that reason. So for that reason, I'm giving Del Boy a 1% chance, but I expect Fury to knock Del Boy out inside eight rounds. Particularly, I, I'm looking at round five and six. I think that is the round where his tank tends to slow, like I said, and, and, and maybe Fury lets him run even more out the tank before he goes for the kill. So actually, I'm going to say round seven. I'm going to say round seven, Fury knocks out Del Boy. It's going to be round five. I promise y'all that. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Usyk's manager says that the IBF's ruling of making uh, Hergovich the mandatory challenger will not stop their undisputed fight with Tyson Fury. This is according to an article from Sky Sport. Let's take a quick look. All right, so here's the article. Excuse me. It says Alexander Usyk versus Tyson Fury flip Hergovich mandatory will not influence the undisputed heavyweight title fight, says Usyk promoter. Uh, the need to fight mandatory challenges won't obstruct Alexander Usyk's plans to box Tyson Fury for the undisputed heavyweight championship. Next, his team tells Sky Sports Usyk has also encouraged has also been encouraged to box once again in the UK. His message has been inspirational. And this is John uh, Denon, who's the sports journalist for this. And basically uh, what it states is a uh, flip Hergovich promoter declared the creation would become mandatory for the IBF belt. One of three belts that Usyk holds. Uh, but Usyk means to pursue a showdown with Fury, the WBC champion for all four of the major heavyweight belts. His promoter informed Sky Sports that they intend for his next fight to be the undisputed clash with Fury. Regarding Herkovich's claim for a mandatory shot at Usyk, uh, Alex Krezuk, uh, who promotes the Ukrainian, told Sky Sports at this stage, I can anticipate that it will not influence the undisputed anyhow. Fury puts his title on the line against Derek Tazora at Tottenham uh, Hotspur on December 3rd. Top ranked Bob Arum, who represents the Britain. Uh, has said he won't sign anything until after the fight, but he is holding talks with Usyk. The Ukrainian has made it clear that he is only interested in the Fury fight next. So that's what the article stated, that they are in the process of speaking and working with um, Bob Arum to make the fight with Tyson Fury. Although Flip Herkovich has been made the mandatory, and as Eddie Hearn stated, they are looking to get an immediate purse bid so that that would lock Usyk into fighting um, Herkovich or being or vacating the belt. So, Trill Dollar Bill, what's your reaction to uh, Usyk's manager saying he doesn't think that the ruling is going to stop undisputed? Good to me. That was <laughs> you know. This is the fight that I want to see. I'm just glad that, uh, you know, they, they, 
they're speaking my language that they're not gonna oh he don't think that the IBF would do such a thing as try to stop this monumental fight for history um they talking the right language that's all I gotta say hopefully because <laughs> and listen I, I don't want to say I believe it when I see it you know what I'm saying but I just hopefully hopefully they don't do nothing to mess this up once they drop that bag off to the IBF whoever <laughs> they may be the IBF says you must fight her bitch <laughs> hopefully that's after that's after Undisputed is made but um yeah but Tyson Fury, you do what you got to do against Jashore and uh, Usyk's manager. You keep your, your 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 foot on the IBF's neck so we can get this undisputed happen. Because I don't I don't want to. I doubt this would be disappointing. This would definitely be disappointing for me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dalton. No, no. I was just saying this would be really disappointing for me. Like I I, I really want to see it. I really want to see it. All right, G. Yeah, um, I, I do agree with Usyk's manager. Um, for the simple fact that, you know, like unifications trump mandatories anyways. And the fact that, you know, undisputed is the, the greatest unification there is in the division, like obviously the I, IBF are gonna be like, all right, man, you know, make that happen. But the issue is Fury and Usyk haven't locked in a date and so if they haven't locked in a date that's why eddie is moving in for the kill because he's like yo they don't even have undisputed on the books yet so you need to activate that that mandatory clause you know what i'm saying like the mandatory uh uh, uh fight right now that's what he's trying to do you know and he's hoping that uh herkovich <laughs> could have by some Miracle defeat Usyk, you know what I mean? And Hergovic can have, you know, three out of the four belts now. So I understand what Eddie is doing. I understood why IBF had to do it. But I also understand what Usyk's manager is saying and what Bob is saying, right? Like, I think the fact that Bob has went to the media and is saying that, hey, although our focus is on Chisora right now, we are in talks with Usyk's team to set up undisputed right so that way once this chisora thing is over with i think they're gonna go to immediate negotiations they're gonna sign a deal probably within like uh four four to five days of the chisora um fight so that way ibf could back off and be like oh, okay well you know seeing that now uh this unification fight is occurring hey herkovich you're just gonna have to wait you're gonna get next you know, and that's just is what it is. And that's rightfully so. It should be like this. You know, the 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 four belts, all these governing bodies, they all agree, you know, that hey, this is now a four belt era. You know what I'm saying? We gotta work together to create undisputed. So I don't believe that IBF is just gonna be simply like, yo, F all of that. Like, nah, you can't do that. We want Herkovich versus uh you know, Alexander Usyk. Like, yo, stop it, bro. Ain't nobody want to see that. They're going to let Tyson Fury uh, go up against Usyk. Only right. It only makes sense. And then Hergovich just gets uh, the winner afterwards. Yeah. 
So I feel like we we kind of discussed this situation a few weeks ago where um, Herkovich was made the mandatory and Eddie Hearn was pushing for um, an immediate purse bid because if it got pushed to an immediate purse bid, then Flip Herkovich would be the only person who can give an exception to Alexander Usyk to fight for Undisputed. Um, that hasn't happened, but Eddie Hearn is still uh, pushing for it because that's what he wants to see happen and mainly because it benefits him because – if that does happen, then Hergovich would have to fight Andy Ruiz for the vacant IBF title if Usyk vacates. Because if Usyk doesn't accept the fight and and it goes on with fighting Tyson Fury, then Hergovich would have to fight Andy Ruiz. But if Andy Ruiz doesn't accept the fight, then Hergovich would fight Anthony Joshua for the vacant IBF title, which would give Anthony Joshua or Hergovich the belt and Eddie Hearn is involved with both of their careers, so it would help him. So the fact that the IBF hasn't made an immediate purse bid to me, I'm happy about that. And I hope they don't make an immediate purse bid. And the reason is because if you do that, then you're going to make it difficult for Usyk to fight for Undisputed. And I think that if you do that, you're creating a situation where I don't think the IBF is doing what's best for boxing or their organization. It's clearly better for your organization to be a part of the biggest fight in boxing history, um, as well as um, support fighters in unifying to become undisputed. Once that fight is done, I'm pretty sure Usyk will be willing to vacate these belts and let these other fighters fight for them. Um, But still, I think the IBF would would lose significance if they pull this move. I think a lot of fighters are going to look at the IBF and say, you made the decision to stop a fighter from fighting for Undisputed, and other fighters are going to look down upon the organization for that. Uh, A lot of fans will look down on the organization for that as well, particularly myself. If that's the move you pull, because it's like, are you doing what's in the best interest of boxing or what's in the best interest of the promoters that pay your sanctioning fees, Right. Because at the end of the day, Usyk and Fury are both in negotiations and they're both talking. And there was also an article where Usyk's manager said they agreed that they're going to fight each other. So, um, you know, after this, after this Derek Tesoro fight, give them a time frame and say you got two weeks or whatever. To me, that would be fair. But to just automatically make a purse bid right now, knowing that they're in talks to do it next would seem sketchy. So I would say to the IBF, you should at least wait until after, which it seems like they're going to do because the fight's next week. Wait until after Fury and Chisora fight each other. If Fury wins, then give them a deadline to hammer out, um, you know, a date and sign contracts for Undisputed. And if it doesn't happen by that date, then you can make an immediate purse bid. And I think that would be fair for all parties involved. The last topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Regis Prograde versus Jose Cepeda. On Saturday on Fight TV pay-per-view for $60. Kaspira G, what was your reaction to the fight? My reaction was, I ain't pay for that, so I ain't <laughs> I'm not paying no sixty dollars for for Pro Grade versus the Beta. Although I hope Regis won, 
you know, I'm just not paying 60 bills for that type of fight. You know what I mean? But, and you know, I'm not the type to, to bootleg fights. You know, I like to support boxers, but I'm not paying for junk like that. I'm not going to say junk, but uh, it's not worth $60. Nah, you could say junk. Larry Merchant called it junk. I want to say this should be free on like ESPN Plus or, you know, it should be on an app somewhere for free. It shouldn't be, you know, $60. That's outrageous, you know, especially uh, Zabeda. I'm like, come on, bro. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Troll dollar bill. Uh, I ended up watching the fight this morning on uh, YouTube. I didn't pay the $60. But I, I was excited to, to see this fight. I was wondering when Jose Zapata was going to get a chance and when Regis was going to get a chance to fight for these belts. Um the layoff actually hurt Cepeda, I think. Um, Regis did his thing. He got the stoppage in the 11th round. It was a beautiful left hand and a good left hand shot that uh, um, that crumbled up Cepeda. Um, both guys, you know, it just seemed like, you know, Cepeda wasn't there. Regis was on point. Shout out to Regis. People don't realize I used to be like Josh Taylor. They were him and Josh Taylor. One was one and he was two. You know, or either way, how you wanted to pick that. Um, I, and I thought Ramirez was, was three, you know. But I'm I'm glad that Regis got his another shot, and he's two-term world champion at 140. Um, happy for him. WBC champ now at, at 140. Jose Zapata. I was been waiting for him. He was going to get a shot. He was supposed to get a shot a long time ago, long time ago. But um, shout-out to both gentlemen. They uh, it was a good fight, um, back and forth. Both guys was bruised up. They gave their best they could, um, but you know, Regis with the stoppage, he got the stoppage with that left hand. I thought that was was dope. And now he's the new champ at one forty. You know, hopefully he keeps that that belt, and maybe it sets up a big a big fight at one forty with him and Devin. If Devin can get past uh Low Machenko next, and if he moves up to one forty, maybe he'll. Run into Regis. I don't know, but hey, shout out to Regis. Congratulations on that. Uh, even though I did, I wish you would have on ESPN for just for these fighters' sake, so that more people can see them, exactly. get more eyes on these gentlemen. You know, I wish it was on the ESPN. You know, no disrespect to these fighters, but I think if more people get to see these guys, then maybe they'll they'll like them more, and then more people will come out and. It'd be more fanfare and put on a great pay-per-view card. But right now, both I don't think this was a good look. But hopefully, you know, they can get with one of these networks and we can see them on free TV with further more eyes, you know? Look, I I saw what the I'm like, okay, what does the schedule look like today for boxing? So I'm like, okay, Dillian White, whatever. And in my mind, I'm planning to watch Regis Progray and Zapata. I saw Zapata fight um, Josue Vargas on um, ESPN. Knocked him out. So, so yeah, I'm thinking, okay, it's just going to be on ESPN. I don't believe I saw Regis on, maybe not on ESPN. Saw Regis on the zone. Regis Progray fought Josh Taylor on the zone. And then Regis Progray fought, um, uh, what's his name? Uh Red Catch. That was on Twitter. That was on Triller, right? Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. On like Triller. Yeah. So, um, but I thought because it was involving Cepeda, it was going to be on ESPN. Yeah. So when I go to check to to see the fight, 
it's like, oh, Fight TV. So I'm like, okay, I got to go to Fight TV. So in my mind, I'm like, wow, I got to really pay $10 to see ProGrade. I'm like, I'm not really not happy about this. So then I look and I see, oh, $5.99. So I said, oh, $6 isn't bad. But then I'm like, hold on a second. Like, because I thought it's cap. I'm like, yo, this is really $59.99. Like, this is really $60 to see this fight. To see this fight. Like, stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. Sometimes it's like, and I just made the decision, like, this is it, bro. Like, I am not paying for this fight. I'm not even looking it up later. <laughs> like, yo, for real. I found out that Regis won because I saw it on Twitter. But, bro, I am not in the business of paying for these fights anymore. Like, TC, like, come on, man. Stop playing with me. Like, this is a joke. Like, I don't know why they think already boxing is expensive. Already to watch the pay-per-view cards for fights that we really want to see it's already expensive. So now you're saying you're going to start making these horrible fights and want us to pay for it. And then not even that you want us to pay for it at a discounted rate, like a reasonable price. Like you're saying you're going to put this fight on for $10. You're saying you want us to pay $60 to see Regis Progray versus Jose Cepeda. Regis Progray can walk down his own street. And everyone doesn't even know Regis Progray on his own street. And I'm not even trying to cap. I'm just being real. Regis Progray can walk through any mall in his state and not get mobbed. And you somehow think you can sell Regis Progray to me for $60. Jose Cepeda can walk anywhere in the United States of America and nobody would recognize him as a celebrity. But somehow you think you can sell him to me for $60. Like, come on now. Like, it's, it's crazy to me. Boxing is getting out of control. It's getting out of control. It's like people aren't even thinking logically to the point where I feel like they're trying to kill the sport. Like, are you intentionally trying to kill the sport when you put a WBC title fight on an app, first of all, that not many people even know about, Fight TV? How many people really know about Fight TV in America? Because we diehard fight fans, so we know about Fight TV. But everyone doesn't know about the app Fight TV. So you put it on an app that not everyone knows about for $60. Bro, there are a lot of things I would rather buy for $60 than a damn Regis Progray and in, in, in Jose Cepeda fight. Okay? For real. I'm just saying you can buy groceries. You could buy a shirt. Hell, Black Friday, you can might buy some fresh kicks with sixty with sixty bucks. If they, you know what I mean. I'm talking about sixty dollars on Black Friday. You feel me? That are 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 Jose Cepeda versus Regis Progray. Get the hell out of here! I just don't understand what's going on. Like, are you intentionally trying to sabotage boxing? Are you intentionally trying to make losses? Create losses? I don't get it. That's just bad business. What's about to happen on December 10th is bad business. I just I'm I'm sitting around here looking at boxing like, yo, what like are y'all serious? And I'll just close by saying this. Like people always talk about like the fighters and and this, whatever, but y'all have no respect for the fans. You have no respect for the fans. You you don't you you people's hard-earned money. When you when you put 
put a, a fight on and a card on for $80, $60, even $40. Do you know how much the average person who buys your fight makes per hour? How many hours do they have to work to watch your fight to try to sell them some trash? You have no respect. Then you want to flaunt the fact that you're rich in their face. You're rich off their four to five hours. They got to work to buy your fight that isn't even worth it. Like, come on, man. See, that's the problem with the game, man. That's 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 what's causing the shift. When people say boxing is dead, boxing isn't dead. You know what happens when you give us the fights we want. People show up, show out, and fighters get paid. Boxing is dead because of stuff like this. You put in a fight that should be on regular TV on pay-per-view on an app that nobody has, and you're hurting Regis Prograde and you're hurting Zapato. They probably could have gained a whole bunch of fans, like Trill said, if that fight was on ESPN. Probably would have got like 500 to close to a million people watching that fight instead of like the the 10,000 they got because it was on that app. A WBC title fight that could have been seen by a lot of people that could have got notoriety, that could have helped these guys gain fans was on on this platform just wasted. You basically just wasted a fight. You know how they say like if a tree falls in a forest and no one was around, (laughs) did it it really happen? Did this fight really happen? I don't know because I didn't watch it because it might as well have taken place in the forest. So all I'm saying is like at some point we got to figure this out. But but this is getting out of control. Um, and I'm not supporting it. So I didn't I didn't see the fight, but congratulations, Regis, on becoming champion. Um, hopefully I can catch your next fight. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know how you feel in the comment section. Please like and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. And please check out our podcast on all major streaming services. I'm the commissioner, a.k.a. Trill Dollar Bill. That's Chef Boyardee, and that's Caden. You know who we are. We are the boxing bros. Don't Peace, TBE. Yeah, peace to the TBE. And don't forget, you can download the Boxing Bros album, the Brothers album, right now on all streaming services. You already know who we are. We're the Boxing.